Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Listen, did you hear what that song said? It says he's going to return. He's coming back. He's coming back again, ladies and gentlemen. He's coming back. You see, sometimes we, we get so caught up on the here and now. We get so caught up on what we are experiencing right now, the problems, the struggles, the battles, the trials, the people, and all those things. But listen, you and I are not put here as men and women of God. We're not put here to stay. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And one of these days, he's coming back. And he's coming back to find a bride, a people who is adorned, spotless, and white. Listen, sometimes I get so beat down and so discouraged by all the things that's going on and all the things that I see happening in the world but I must remind myself that all of this is just temporary because at the blink of an eye Jesus is going to split that eastern sky see that's the reason that I pray that's the reason that I worship that's the reason that I love him with all my heart. That's the reason that I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid and I don't worry about what people think about me. That's the reason I don't care what you think when I raise my hand. I don't care what somebody says when I say amen or when tears begin to roll down my face. Because see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not connected to this world, but just by this body. One of these days, this body is going to melt away, and what's on the inside of me is going to rise to meet him in the air. What a day. What a day. What a day that's going to be. Sing that. He's coming back, Jake. Sing it one more time. In robes of white, the blazing sun. said part two is going to be a lot better than part one. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 
Amen. So good to be able to worship this morning. Thank you guys so much for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, if you will, take your Bible and turn with me, please, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. Isaiah, chapter 6. And we're going to begin, begin reading with verse 1, Isaiah chapter 6. While you're doing that, I do want to remind you, uh, if you have not yet purchased your tickets for the Alabama Teen Challenge Banquet that's coming up this coming Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. here in the gym, uh, if you've not yet purchased your tickets for that, you can do so uh, today. They will be available out in the foyer. I want to encourage you, uh, if you uh, are not familiar with Alabama Teen Challenge, it's a drug uh, addictive behavior rehab program, uh, one of the best, I believe, in the country. Um, one study said that they had a 78% success rate. So that's a big deal when it comes to addiction drug addiction and things such as that. So, and, and we've got uh, the, the crew from Baymanette that's here with us today, and you can talk to some of those guys that are in the middle of it, and they can probably concur with what we're saying. It is a God sin. And so we want to do everything we can to support them and be a blessing to them. So they'll be here Thursday evening, and I want to encourage you, if you can, to come and be a part of that. It's going to be catered, so we need... Uh, we, we judge the crowd by the tickets that we sell. So anyway, we'd love to have you come and be a part of that. Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. We're coming down to the end of another year. 2019 is about to go into the record books, and we're going to begin 2020. And so as I uh, was thinking about that, been thinking about it for a while God just began to deal with my heart uh, to uh, do some things, to plant some things into your spirit about vision. So I want to talk to you this morning about Vision 2020. Uh, and uh, last year, or this year actually, uh, our vision goal, our, our thing that we focused on was uh, the acronym for the word show. It was... Uh, S is for seeing, H is for hearing, O is for obedience, and W was for worship. And so we've been focusing on those four things uh, at different times throughout the year. But I believe that God is shifting some things uh, in 2020. So today I'm going to just begin to plant some of that stuff and not going to be able to get in it too deep today. But we will, we are setting some things up, and you'll be hearing about these things that we're talking about beginning today. You'll be hearing about them uh, throughout 2020 uh, because I believe that God is wanting to do some great things. So let's read in Isaiah chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high. And lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, 
and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. And he said, go and tell this people. And we're going to stop right there. I want you right now to close your Bible or whatever, and I want you just to lift your hands right where you are right now. As I was reading that passage of Scripture, the Holy Spirit just really hit me really hard because I believe today that there are people that are in this room today and you need you need a word that comes from God. You've had the words of man and you've had the programs of man and the things of man and you've done all of that but nothing seems to help your situation. And the Lord spoke to me as I was reading that scripture and he said, there's a solemn move of my power in this room today. There's a solemn move of my anointing in this room today. God said it's not a time to exercise the gifts. It is a time to receive from me, the Lord said, because I am going to speak today, Rama. I am going to speak today, word that will be life-altering. God said, I want to alter some things today. I want to alter the course of some things today. And God said, the word that I'm going to speak is going to change the direction in people's lives. Hallelujah. So, Father, we worship you today. We honor you this morning, knowing today that, Father, without you, we're nothing. Knowing today, Holy Spirit, lest you come, Unless you minister, unless you speak, we'll just have a dead and dry gathering. But Father, we just release ourselves to you this morning. Come, Father, do as you will, do as you desire in this house today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Also, Forgot to mention this morning, uh, Brother Tad and Sister Belinda McMullen are not with us today. Brother Tad's filling, filling in at uh, Uriah First Baptist Church today. So that is awesome. That is awesome. And so, uh, you know, it, it might not sound awesome to you, but it's awesome to me because I, I have watched... Uh, those guys grow, and I've watched them mature, and, I, and, and to see them begin to go out and minister. Uh, I, I sent him with special instructions this morning. I said, you make sure you tell them that you are just on loan. All right? All right? So I expect you back at, back at our house next Sunday, okay? But, but we're excited about them, so be praying for them in that. Vision 2020, there's a story, and I want to kind of set the stage for what I want to talk about this morning. There's a story of a man by the name of George Mueller. George Mueller was uh, a great, great man of God, one of the greatest men of God that, that you would ever uh, want to hear about. He was known for his power in prayer. George Mueller was lived during the 1800s, the mid to late 1800s. Uh, he had a, he started an orphanage uh, where he would take in kids from off the streets. The thing that set George Mueller apart from all the other people was that George Mueller never one time advertised what he was doing. He never advertised that he he had a children's home or an orphanage. He started it, and George Mueller would pray. And uh, history says, according to historical evidence, that it says that George Mueller, in his orphanage and in his ministry, brought in upwards of $7 million. Not one time did he ask anybody for money. Not one time did he go out begging for money. That, but he would pray. And God would supply. He would pray and God would bring the resources that he needed. And, uh, but the story that I want to tell you this morning is, is, is a little bit different. It's, it's told by the captain of a ship 
that George Mueller was on traveling across the ocean to get to Quebec, uh, Canada. And uh, they were on this ship. The captain tells the story that he had been in the bridge uh, of the ship over 24 hours straight uh, that day because of the dense fog that the ship uh, had ran into, that it was so dense that it was impossible to see where they were going. And so he had been tending uh, the bridge and staying there for over 24 hours. The ship had slowed to just a crawl. And so uh, he said that a man walked into the bridge, and it was George Mueller. George Mueller walked into the bridge and came up to the captain and said, Captain, I must be in Quebec by this Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. He said, I've got an engagement in Quebec, and he said, I must be there. The captain didn't know who he was, and uh, he looked back at him and said, Sir, do you not realize the denseness of the fog that we're in and the precarious uh, predicament that we're in that we cannot see? And this was the time before instruments and all of that uh, told them where they were going. He said, Sir, you must understand that we're doing the best that we can, uh, but due to the density of the fog, uh, you will not be able to make your appointment. George Mueller looked back at him and said, Sir, you don't understand. He said, I've been uh, serving the Lord for 57 years. And he said, not one time out of that 57 years have I missed an appointment or been late for it. He said, so if you can't do it, then God will provide another way for me to get there. And the captain said that he uh, stood there looking at George Mueller and the thought that was going through his mind was, what lunatic asylum did this man escape from? He said he has got to have lost his mind. But then he said, George Mueller looked at him and said, Sir, will you go with me down to the chart room and let's pray? So the captain went down into the chart room and he said, George Mueller knelt down on his knees and prayed just a very, very simple prayer. And as he finished praying, the captain said, said he was about to pray. And as he was about to pray, said George Mueller, reached over, put his hand on his shoulder, and said, Captain, you don't need to pray. He said, because you don't really believe that what I just prayed is going to happen. He said, so I'm going to ask you not to pray. He said, because what I prayed has already been done. And so he said, uh, he said Captain, he said, again, the Lord has never let me down. And he said, every time that I go and ask audience with my king, he said, he never refuses. He said, God has already heard my prayer. And he said, so if you will, just go to the bridge and prepare the ship because God has already answered my prayer. The captain said that he walked to the door and opened the door. And he said the sky and the, and the ocean was just as pretty and clear as you would ever want it. And he said this at the end of that. George Mueller said this. He said, my eyes do not, does not look at the density of the fog. My eyes are not seeing the impossibility of what you're seeing. My eyes are looking to him who is able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that we could ask or think. He said, dear captain, I respect your position, but the one that I serve is the creator. And he said, he is the one that will ensure that what I pray comes about and happens. The, the captain said, George Mueller was in Quebec, Canada, that Saturday afternoon for his appointment. So here's what I want to share with you this morning. Vision 2020. If I were to ask you right now, what are you seeing? What are, what are your eyes gazing upon? 
Uh, are you seeing all the struggle? Are you seeing all the problem? Are you seeing all the battles? Are, are you seeing all the difficulties? Are you seeing all the things that man has said you will never be able to do? Well, I want to just briefly this morning, I want, I want to say some things to you that hopefully will turn your vision and change your vision. Listen, the Bible says this, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> that what my eyes see on this earth, the things, the people, the situations, the circumstances, the, the, the weather patterns, the environment, what mine and your eyes see on this earth is temporary. It is not going to last. It is going to be gone at the blink of an eye. It will all be gone. But the Bible says, Jesus said, it is important for us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can come in and corrupt those things. So what I want you to understand this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is this, that in 2020, the year that is coming up, God is saying, I want you to become less focused of what you're seeing on earth and become more focused of who I am in heaven. Listen, I'll never forget this as long as I live. It is forever stamped in my mind and my spirit the day that or, or the evening that my dad passed away. It was a traumatic time for me and my family. And we were in Monroe County Hospital, and I know I've told this story once or twice, maybe more than that. Uh, just bear with me because there are those that are here today that perhaps have not heard it. So I'm going to tell it again for that one that has not heard it here today. All right. <clears throat> But I'll never forget that night we were there. My dad had had uh, a, a massive heart attack, which we didn't realize at that time. And they had him in uh, the intensive care unit, Monroe County Hospital. And uh, we were there in the waiting area. And uh, I heard this code uh, being announced in the hospital. And I knew the moment that I heard that code being announced, I knew that my dad uh, was gone. I saw the doctors and the nurses running into the ICU, and so I knew that my dad was gone. My dad was one, uh, for me, one of the greatest men of God that uh, I've ever known. Uh, he was powerful. He was a, he was a man that not only uh, talked it, but he walked what he talked. And, and as that was beginning to happen, uh, within just a few seconds there, all of that was transpiring and, and my heart just broke. And, and because the biggest thing that came to my mind uh, at that moment, guys, was that my dad, the wisdom, the anointing, the presence, the power, all of that was now gone. And I had missed out on so much of what he had to offer. And it shook me to the core, and I was weeping and crying, and I separated myself from all the family. And I got over on the other hall in, in the hospital and just was walking down the hall. And as I was walking down the hall, I was weeping and, and crying, and all of a sudden, it felt like I walked into where a, a bunch of birds were flying up. I, I could just feel the rustling of, of wind and wings, and, 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 I, and, and I opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, I saw my dad there, and he had a big smile on his face, and, and as he was there smiling at me, I could see the angels all around. He was surrounded with angels, and my dad just looked at me and with that big smile on my face, and he said, don't worry worry, son, everything is fine. And, and, and it was such a, a powerful vision that I saw there. It was almost like I could reach out and touch it. And that, that vision, that moment, those sounds and that hearing and that feeling is forever stamped in my spirit. And the awesome thing about it is that my sister was on the other side 
of the, of the hospital in another hall and we told each other the exact same story because it happened with her on the other side of the hospital. And you listen, it doesn't matter if you, if you don't believe it. Uh, I know, I, I know that, that that was the innumerable number of angels that had come together, one that had served and one that had lived for the Lord Jesus Christ and they gathered him home and I just happened to walk in the middle of it as it was taking place. Listen, but it was a vision that I will never forget, that I will never uh, lose uh, sight of that vision that I saw my dad there with that beautiful smile and those angels surrounding him. And, and so we look at that today, guys, and one of the, one of the uh, most needful things in the body of Christ today is men and women that have vision of God. You've got a vision of heaven. You've got a vision of this one that we call Jesus. You see, so many times we get caught up in the orthodoxy of religion. We get caught up, well, I'm a Southern Baptist, or I'm a First United Methodist, or I'm a, a Pentecostal, or I'm a Charismatic, or whatever you might be. It doesn't matter what flavor you are. It's about the one who, who uh, died for you and who loved you enough to give himself for you. But the sad thing about it is we get caught up in all those trappings of religion. And we get caught up in all the, the, the things of religion and, and the religious show and the relig religious move and all of that. And we lose sight of the fact that Jesus Christ is the one that we need to be focused on. Listen, if your religion holds you back and your religion tells you that God can't do that and God won't do that, friend... It might be that you need to go back and recheck your religion and make sure that you don't have religion as, a salva as your salvation, but make sure that you've got a man called Jesus that you're serving because he is the one that redeemed you from your sin. He is the one that broke the curse of sin from over your life. It is his blood that was shed that, that set you free. It is his name that was, is the name above every other other name. He is the one that I serve. He is the one that I love. He is the one that I worship. He is the one that's coming back on the clouds of heaven. He is the one that I am not ashamed to say I'm a child of his. You see, we get caught up in all these things but I want to tell you something today. When you get a vision of heaven, it will radically change your life. It, listen, when you get a vision of God, you won't sit in a church service the same again because the moment they begin to talk about Jesus, you will recognize that's the one that died for me. That's the one that loved me beyond everything else. He's the one that redeemed me and restored me. Can I, oh. Take a breath, Pastor. Stay on task. Don't lose your mind up here. Listen, the Bible says that in the year the king, that King Uzziah died, Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet, but Isaiah had already been prophesying. He had already been prophesying. You can read the first five chapters of Isaiah and see that Isaiah had already been prophesying to the nation. But here in Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says that in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. That lets me know or, or, or tends to speak to me that Isaiah had already been doing some things for God. 
But there was there was some there was a, a place that God got Isaiah to that God was saying, Okay, Isaiah, you have been religious minded, you've been doing some good things for me. He said, But you are yet to experience really who I am, and I want to give you a fresh vision. Up until this time, the Bible doesn't say anything about Isaiah having a vision from heaven. But in in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah had a vision from heaven. And not only did it rock his world, but listen, ladies and gentlemen, when God rocks the world of a man, then the man rocks his world. When God rocks your world and does something in your life that nobody else could do, you can't sit back and be quiet about it. You can't keep it to yourself. It's not a secret anymore. And when God moved Isaiah, Isaiah moved the the world. He moved the world so much that when it came down to the end of his life, they stuck his body inside of a hollow log and sold his soul, his body into. Why? Because he rocked his world. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, there are three parts of this that I want to try to get across this morning, but I'm not very, doing a very good job. So I'm going to just, I'm going to give you the three parts and then we'll, we'll worry about catching up, okay? The first thing that I want you to get out of this passage of scripture is that Isaiah had a vision from God and the Bible says, he said, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up. Listen, in order for your vision to connect with the vision that God wants, you've got to see him. All right? You've got to look higher than where you've been looking. You will never find anything that will be life-changing on this earth. The life-changing is up here in heaven. Isaiah had a vision from God, and he said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. The second thing that I want to get to, whether we get to it today or not, is, is found in uh, verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 6. The Bible says that when Isaiah saw the Lord and he saw that he was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple, he saw the angels uh, that had six wings and, and all of that, and he said he heard uh, a sound coming from uh, this throne coming from this place where he saw the Lord. And, and listen, they were crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. They wasn't saying, God, you are omnipotent. They wasn't saying, God, you're omniscient. They wasn't saying, God, you're omnipresent. In other words, they wasn't saying, God, you're powerful, you're everywhere, you're all-seeing. That wasn't the sound that was coming from heaven. The sound that was coming from heaven, according to the vision that Isaiah saw, was holy, 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 holy. He is holy. He is holy yesterday. He is holy today. And he will be holy tomorrow. It is holiness that will get you into heaven. And the Bible says that without holiness, no man will see the Lord. It is not your denomination of holiness. It is your heart that God is saying, I am looking at the heart. God is not worried about whether you think he is all-powerful, all-knowing, or all-seeing. But what God wants to get across to you and I today, in 2019, ladies and gentlemen, is that he is holy. He is holy. He is holy. He is not a God that you can come in and do your little thing and walk out and be blessed of him. He is not a God that takes today off and tomorrow he might come back. He is a God that demands holiness. It is holiness all the way with him. It is, listen, it is not the length of your dress. It is not the length of your shirt tail. It is not the length of your hair. It's not whether 
not you got makeup on or whether or not you don't wear makeup. It is not whether or not you drink coffee or you like Coca-Cola. It ain't got nothing to do with all that, friend. It's got to do with a purity in your heart that says, God, I come to you and I'm a sinner being saved by grace. I was not worthy of it, but yet you gave it to me. I did not deserve it, but yet you gave it to me. I didn't ask for it, but yet you chased me down and you caught me. I'm not worthy of it, God, but I come today bowing down before you saying, God, if there's anything that you can do for this sinner, please, God, change my life because I'm nothing without you. It is holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the Bible says that at that the post of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Now look at verse 5. Isaiah said, then said I, woe. You ever had a woe moment? Woe. I had, I had a woe mama, woe mama. I had a woe mama moment. Just a few years ago, hadn't been that long ago, I had a woe mama moment. I was sitting at J.U. Blackshire High School in the choral room. I sang in my former life in the chorus, and I was sitting there, and I happened to peer across the room, and I said, whoa, mama, because I saw Judy sitting across the room. I said, oh, my Jesus. That one is mine there. It was a woe moment. Isaiah said, woe is me. And that word woe, if you look at that word that Isaiah used when he saw this vision of God and he said, woe is me. It is an introspection that happened in Isaiah's life because the moment that he came in contact with the glory of God, it caused him to recognize the impurity that was in his own life. Hmm. It caused him to recognize, the Bible says, that when he said, woe is me, for I am undone. There is, listen, we're talking about vision. Don't forget what we're talking about. We're talking about seeing God. And then when he saw God, he said, woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. Guys, can I tell you something this morning? And I'm not meddling in your business. I'm talking about all them people that ain't here today. And I know my wife's going to get on to me about using the word ain't, but, but, but we country folk, you know what I'm talking about when I say ain't, it ain't. It means it's not. All right? But we see so much, so many things going on in our culture today. And it would cause us to, to question God. How do you feel about that? God, what do you think about all this junk that's going on in our culture today? It seems today that people can say uh, probably 95% of the people that you ask the question, are you a Christian? Probably 95% of them will say, yes, I'm a Christian. But yet you look at their tree and they're saying, I'm an apple, but yet their, their tree's not bearing apples. It's bearing some other kind of fruit. And so it would cause us to question, how do we, how do we live holy? What, is, what, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to love Jesus? What does it mean uh, to, to follow Christ? What does it mean to deny yourself and take up the cross daily and follow him? What does that mean? Because in our culture today, uh, the lines have become so blurred that, that uh, we, don't, we don't know anymore. 
As I grew up in, in the atmosphere of where you didn't go to the picture shows. Amen. Give me a bump there, Miss Sarah. We got it. I'm not saying that all that's wrong. You got to judge that. But listen, the lines have become so blurred of, of how do I, do I do this or do I not do that? Do, is it okay? Is it legal for me to do this? Is it legal for me to do that? Am I, am I going to lose my relationship with God if I do this? Or I don't know how to live my life. Listen, can I, can I give some clarity there? If you will simply get a vision of who Jesus Christ is, and if you will spend a little time in his presence, you won't walk away wondering how to live because he will show you how to live. You won't have to wonder whether or not you need to do this. Listen, he will tell you. You don't have to wonder if, if looking at somebody else's wife is right or wrong because if you're a child of God, Holy Spirit, Spirit's going to check you, and he's going to tell you, you don't need to do that. You don't need to say that. You don't need to go over there. You don't need to act like that. You don't need to have that attitude. Holy Spirit will always lead us in the right direction. Isaiah said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man, oh my goodness, that has run out of time. He said, I am a man of unclean lips. And he said, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Can I tell you what I believe that God is wanting to do in 2020? He's wanting us to have a fresh vision of who he is. A vision that will go past our denominations. A vision that will go past our man-made ideas a vision that will go past our theologies and all of that and all of our man-made doctrines, a vision that simply, a vision like Paul the Apostle had on the road to Damascus when God knocked him off of his horse. It was a vision that radically changed his life. We need a fresh vision from God because when I get a fresh vision of, from God, I cannot stand in his presence without recognizing my desperate need of who he is. Isaiah said, I... I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He said, for, listen to this, this is in verse 5. He said, for my eyes have seen the king. I mean, have you remember that old song that we used to sing? We used to sing it in camp meeting, I know. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. I got one fan over here in this, in this corner. Y'all got to tighten up. I'm not hearing much out of you, but Miss Sarah's singing to me over there. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Listen, Isaiah said, I am a man that is undone. My lips are unclean. I live, listen, there is nothing like the glory of God that will cause you to recognize the hog pen that you've been living in. There's nothing like the glory of God that will even cause you to realize the hogs that you've been living around. No wonder you've been smelling bad. No wonder things ain't been going right because of the environment that you've been around. Isaiah said, when I had this vision, he said, I saw myself as a sinner. But not only that, I saw those around me were also sinners. But my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So what is God saying in this coming year? 
He's saying this, I believe, McCullough Christian Center, I want to give you a vision of who I am. I want you to see me like you've never seen me before. I want you to have a vision of me like George Mueller had, that I'm not looking at the density of the fog. I am looking at him who created all of it. I'm not worried about the problems that are surrounding me. I'm just concerned about getting in touch with the king of all kings and, and uh, running it by him. I, I'm having trouble getting to this, but I'm going to get to it, and then we're going to close. Sister Sandy, you guys go ahead and come. Here's the thing. Isaiah said that I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, that I believe that God is saying to us today. He is saying this. It is important for you and I to get a vision of who he is. Because when I get a vision of who he is, then I'm going to recognize my need for him. I'm going to recognize uh, my uh my situation, and that I need God in my life. I said this a little while ago. When, when one man gets a vision from God, it will change the man. And the man will change his world. Notice what Isaiah said. He said, I am undone. It was a confession. When he said, woe is me, it was a confession before God of his sinfulness. He said, I am a man undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live around people that are unclean, that have unclean lips. Now, now catch this. This vision that Isaiah had radically changed his life. Remember what I said. When the man or woman of God gets a vision of who God is, it will change that man or woman. You will never be the same. You won't. There won't nobody have to chase you down to get you to come to church. Won't nobody have to beg you to give won't nobody have to beg you to love the Lord? Won't nobody have to beg you to be a part of what God's doing in the earth today? Nobody will have to beg you. When you get a vision of who God is, you will listen. You will do whatever it takes to serve him. Somebody told me the other day, said, Pastor, I just, I just can't read the Bible. I just... I, I try to read it, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I just don't like to read the Bible. And I said, well, what about prayer? Well, I, I, just, I just can't pray. And, and I was thinking in my mind, I said, you know, perhaps you don't know Jesus. Because when you come in contact with the one that I'm talking about this morning, that Bible will become one of the most precious books in the world to you. When you get in contact with a guy that I'm talking about, it won't be hard for you to get down and pray because you'll recognize that prayer is my connection with him. But Isaiah had the vision and it changed the man and the man will change his world. He said, I, I live among people of unclean lips. You and I live among people with unclean lips. In other words, we live in a world that is consumed with sin and perversion. Within one mile of the place that you live, unless you are a country bumpkin and you live way out in the woods, within one mile of where you live, there's multiple people today that are on a banana peel sliding toward hell. And if you don't say something about it, perhaps they're going to die and go to hell. This is real, guys, and I know. But listen, Jesus didn't come to give you a mansion on the hill. 
Jesus didn't come to give you a Cadillac to drive around or a BMW to sport yourself around in. Jesus came for the sinner. Jesus came for the one that was living in sin. He came because his desire is not that not one be lost, but that all would come to the saving knowledge. That's why Jesus came. Perhaps God is saying this morning, I want you to get a vision of who I am because there's men and women of unclean lips that you are living around that will never be changed unless they hear the message coming from you. Men that have been impacted. We had a we had a a, a a man here several years ago, Brother Gober was here several years ago and gave his testimony, and he testified that he was in a motorcycle gang, brutal motorcycle gang. Killing, cutting, beating, raping motorcycle gang on the streets of California. And he told his testimony and he shared just a little bit. He said, I can't share it all because it is too bad. But he shared a little bit of his testimony that he was on the streets, dirty and filthy, and a man walked up to him and gave him a gospel track. And he said, I was so dirty that, that I looked at him and cursed him. And he said, I tried to throw that gospel track on the ground. And he said, it stuck to my hand and I couldn't get it to come out of my hand. And he said, I opened it up and I read about a man called Jesus that died for my sin and, and uh, died for my salvation. And he said, that track changed my life. And he changed others. You see, God can use many different avenues in many different ways to change your life. But the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, has he changed your life? Has he changed your life? Have you ever come in contact face-to-face -face with this man called Jesus? Sister Sandy, y'all go ahead and sing whatever you're going to sing. And I, I'm going to ask you this morning, if you will, to stand with me, please, all across this room today. Because I really believe this morning that God is... God is working today. Listen, as we move into this new year, 2020, what is God wanting out of your life? Some of you here this morning that God is saying, I want you to commit yourself to me. Some of you here this morning, Holy Spirit is telling you even right now, you need to make a decision. You need to be, you, you need to make a decision. Some of you here this morning, God is saying you've been walking in dead deserts, dry places that have not been yielding any fruit or any value to you. God is saying this morning, I want you to come out of that desert place and I want you to begin to follow me because I've got greatness for you. Isaiah's vision was a vision of heaven that radically changed his life. And we're not going to get to the third part, but we'll get it the next time we come together, Lord's willing. As they sing this this morning, I'm going to ask you today to make a bold step. I'm going to ask you today, if you will, that, that wherever you are, if you say, Pastor, I want a 2020 vision when it comes to heaven. I want a vision that I see him. I want you to step out from where you are this morning and just make your way down to this altar because I believe that God's going to instill new vision in your life this morning.
Come on, Aziz, come. Maybe God is saying, I want you to commit. Maybe God is saying, I want you to make a decision. Maybe God is saying today, I want you to make a move. I don't know what God is saying, but God is speaking this morning. This is your opportunity. 2020 vision for the year 2020. morning those of you that are around the altar and even those that that didn't come this morning the United States of America is more divided than we've ever in the history of this nation been we're in a we're in a in a position as a nation today that before you and I get back to our homes, this nation could be in total chaos. We have more churches per capita than we've ever had in the history of this nation. We have mega churches in every city almost in this nation that contain thousands and thousands of people. But yet, with all of that, this nation is in a worse spiritual condition than ever before. With churches on every corner, with sermons and teachings at the flip of a thumb, you can get any kind of sermon, any kind of message that you want, but yet, instead of seeing a decline in sin and crime and perversion, we're seeing it increase. And you say, well, pastor, that's because it's the end of time. It might be because it's the end of time, but I want to tell you that Jesus called us to be a light, and he called us to be the salt of the earth. Yes. What I'm saying is, that something is wrong with the light. Something is wrong with the salt shaker. And that God is saying today, I'm calling people to be lights. I'm calling men and women to be like a salt block. I'm going to get country with you. I'm talking about a salt block. One of them things that you throw down out in the middle of the pasture. One of them things that every kind of animal that comes along smells that salt and comes over and licks on it, Brother Calvin. I'm telling you, God is calling us to be a salt block. 
It doesn't matter who it is. They say, my goodness, I see something there. I see something. There's something about the, the smile on your face. There's something about uh, your countenance. There's something about your attitude. I don't understand what it is, but, but whatever it is, uh, I want to lick off of it, if you'll excuse my expression there. Because your life is so salted with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I told you there was a solemn move of God's anointing. And it's here right now. I believe some of you this morning, you've been seeking, you've been praying, you've been asking. And I believe this is your day right now. So I want you just to hold your hand out like you're fixing to receive something because I believe you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, from the least to the greatest this morning, Father, we are nothing without you. Father, we are nothing without you. Forgive us, Father, for our failures. Forgive us, Father, for all of our mess-ups and our sins. And Lord, as a man and as, as women today, we just lift our hands out to you this morning and we say, Father, 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 we're not asking for anything. We're just simply presenting ourselves to you this morning that you would come, Holy Spirit, come today. Fill us, Father, with the anointing. Fill us with a vision today that will radically change our lives. Now I want you to begin to pray. And I want you to begin to say, God, I have come today. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of faking it till I make it. I'm tired of all the, the facades and all of that. I come today. And I thank you that you have planted in me this morning a word, God, that I will not forget. I thank you this morning that you have planted something in my spirit today that from now on, business as usual will not get it for me. From now on, just a little dab won't get it for me. But from this day forward, Father, there will be a hunger and a passion in me. There will be a thirst in me that will be unquenchable. There will be a fire in me that will not be put out. There will be a desire in me, God, that I will burn with passion for you. God, I will burn. My spirit will be so on fire, God, that I can't help but set others on fire. Lord, today let me not walk away from this place this morning without being changed. And Holy Spirit, you know today that as a man, I'm not able to change anybody. So I release you now. Do your work. Do your work in this place this morning. Father, let the wind of your presence and your power just move over this congregation today. Holy Spirit, come now. Come now and move over this place today. Men and women whose lives have opened up to you right now, feel them, Father. Feel this place with your presence. Feel this place, God, from the front to the back and from the back to the front. Father, let your anointing come this morning. Let your anointing come today, Father. We thank you, Father, that the wind of the Spirit is blowing. We thank you right now, God, that you're moving and you're touching. We thank you right now that lives are being changed, Father. Hearts are being opened up, God. Move in them right now. Move in them, Father. Move in them, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we're human. We're men and women. And unless you change us, we'll not be changed. So, Father, come now. Come, Lord. Move in us, Father. In the name of Jesus, come on and worship him this morning. If you're hungry for God, God said, I'll fill you. 
If you're thirsty, God said, I'll bring you a living water that you'll never be the same. You will be forever changed. God, I want to be changed. God, I want to be different. God, I'm tired of dealing with all the struggle and all the battle. God, come and change me, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just praise you, Father. We thank you today. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord, this morning, God, for dealing with our hearts, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Come on, Sister Sandy. I want to sit at your feet. Listen, that's the, that's the end result of what we talked about today. God, I just want to sit at your feet. tell you this and you might think I'm crazy but it doesn't matter I'm you've already made that decision probably anyway but but I'm going to tell you something this morning this is the way Holy Spirit moves many times in my life there have been moments the Christian's life is made up of moments and times that you meet the presence of God that you will never be the same and I believe this morning that this has been a moment that some of you have met the presence of God. So here's what I, I want you to do. I want you to walk it out. I want you to work it out. And just thank God for what He's doing. And listen, if, if, some, if Holy Spirit on the inside of you says, Stop what you're doing right now and just begin to pray. Then stop what you're doing right now and begin to pray. If Holy Spirit prompts you that you need to read the Bible more, then you need to read the Bible more. Holy Spirit's going to lead. He's going to guide. That's the reason He's in you. So just hear what He's saying and do what He asks and see what God does.